A happy Thursday to your friends. Welcome into our Champion Chevrolet studio. He's Chris Murray. I'm Mike Stephenson, and this is another installment of NSN Tonight. Thrilled to have you here with us as we have a packed show. We're heading back to Wolfpack Park for the continuation of Nevada's fall camp. We're checking in with a local product in Malcolm McClure. We also have our latest edition of Circa Best Bets as Mike Palm stops by from down in Las Vegas. And we're continuing to set the table for high school football. Today is all about the McQueen Lancers. But Chris, we're going to begin with the continuation of your fun the Wolfpack series as we decide now to look inside the numbers. Yeah, we looked at seven different revenue sources for all of the programs in the Mountain West and where Nevada compared against the other teams in the conference. This is a big deal of late because money is huge in college athletics and Nevada trying to get to the median in terms of their revenue across Mountain West borders. That's that ultimate goal that we teed up with part one of your series, get Nevada to the median. So let's start and look at those seven different categories that Chris has identified, starting with state slash university university money. So you look at this one, Nevada ranks really, really high, but that's because it got a $10 million additional allocation this last fiscal year that it was not expecting. So you take that away, Nevada would be getting $10.5 million in state and university money. That's eight below the median. So that is the big area where Nevada needs the biggest boost. And as we have uh, previously reported, the university has told the Wolfpack they will get them there eventually. They will get an additional 8 to $10 million per year in state university and student fee money. But again, like you said, 2022 was kind of a one-off sort of situation or maybe a two-off, if you will. <laughs> uh, number two, student fees. That's been a topic of yeah, discussion. Yeah, that has been a topic of discussion. You see Nevada low there, $2.7 million. That would be about 640000 below where they would expect to be if you do the per student ratio. So obviously all of these different schools have different numbers of student enrollment. Nevada has one of the lower ones, so they need about $640,000 to get to that median. Look at San Diego State, $13 million in student fees. San Jose State, almost $9 million. That is a huge gap from Nevada's 2.7. Mm, those California schools. All right, number three, the money from ticket sales and donations. Boy, that varies. Yeah, we put those together because some schools like Nevada, they have seat premiums, which are technically donations. But to get a season ticket, you have to pay that donation. So some schools account for this a little bit differently. Nevada, a little bit below the average, $10.9 million in tickets and donations. The Mountain West average, 12.7. So in terms of earned revenue, the revenue the, the um, athletic department has to go out and earn uh, this is the biggest one where they can grow. If they can pack Mackey and Lawler, and if they can fundraise better, that's been a big point of contention for Stephanie Remp. There's been a lot of turnover in the philanthropic offices of the Wolfpack, and they have made some progress since Stephanie was hired about a year ago. So that, that's an area where Nevada really could bolster itself. All right, and number four, game guarantees. Yeah, so that's, you know, you go play USC like Nevada is this yes. year. They're going to get $1.6 million. So Nevada always pay, plays these buy games. From now until 2029, they have at least one football game that's going to pay them one point two million dollars with the exception of 2028 so Nevada very strong here and that won't change because they have a lot of games on the books where they're going to get a lot of money to go play a football game uh, in a road opponent got to schedule the big dogs sort of in line with that number five is your media rights money so this one's interesting because this is what all of the conference realignments about as we've told you the SEC the Big Ten they're getting 60 million dollars per year per school in media rights money you see Nevada right there 3.2 million dollars per year so much much lower the big difference here Boise State five million dollars per year they get an additional 1.8 million dollars per year in the TV rights deal that was negotiated in 2012 when they opted not to join the Big East been a big point of contention but kudos to Boise State for getting that additional money 1.8 million dollars a lot that's the thing sometimes you got to just tip your hat to the Broncos and their negotiating tactics to stay in the Mountain West number six NCAA slash 
conference money, uh, obviously, outside of TV. Deals. Yeah, this is very similar from top to bottom, and I think this is an area where the Mountain West has kind of struggled because their NCAA basketball tournament units had been dwindling. So we saw San Diego State get to the national championship game. That's an additional $10 million for the conference over the next six years. So this is an area where the conference as a whole can grow, and hopefully, if you're Nevada, um, you can really grow with that. that. That's an area where you can get an additional $1 or $2 million per year if you have success in the NCAA tournament. That's that category where you're just rooting for the conference yes. when it comes to that point of the year because it benefits everybody uh, as you said SDSU making that incredible run all right last but not least royalties licensing and advertising and this is an area where Nevada can grow as well in terms of the earned revenue 2.4 million that's about 780,000 below the Mountain West average but Stephanie Remsen she took over a lot more licensing deals we've saw you know a barbecue sauce deal we've seen a coffee deal a beer deal and I think that is one way where Nevada will help improve its budget but you look on the whole the Wolfpack not getting enough money from the state and university. And I think once they get that boost, maybe they'll do a better job in some of the earned revenue categories. But kind of interesting to look at all of the schools where Nevada stacks up below the median in a lot of them. So week-long series continuing. Today's piece uh, looked at Nevada and UNLV. Yeah, so we actually looked at sport by sport. How much does Nevada and UNLV spend on their specific sports? Like basketball, for example, on the men's side, UNLV spends an additional $3.5 million over the Wolfpack. Hasn't really paid off. But an interesting look, if you're curious how much the Silver State schools spend on their specific sports, we got that on the website. All right, yeah, check it out, NevadaSportsNet.com. The series will wrap up coming up here tomorrow. Let's uh, talk a little football, shall we, and head down to Wolfpack Park. I recently had a chance to catch up with Nevada's quarterbacks coach, Nate Costa, and he had a bit of an eyebrow-raising comment. I got a great room. I think if you look across this conference, I'd put my room up against any of those teams that are out there. Have a lot of talent in the room, and it's almost like a Swiss Army knife. I've got a lot of guys with a lot of different skill sets, and it's going to be our job as a coaching staff to find you know the best fit here and there, plug and play, and then ultimately utilize the skill set that we have on the field at that time. Last year, ultimately left a lot to be desired on the offensive side of the ball. What uh, what gives you confidence that that won't be the, the story this year? I think it's just more of a gel. Um, our team has gelled together. We do have new pieces in place. Um, this roster is pretty different than what it was last year but there are a few components that are remaining from our previous roster and I think it's just these guys getting to know each other building relationships and wanting to play football for each other because ultimately it's such a challenging tough and physical game that if you're playing um, through intrinsic motivation most of the time um, you're going to be okay if you're playing from extrinsic motivation and you're worried about outside noise and outside things typically your performance is going to suffer so like I said we're not quite there yet with this roster but day in and day out of fall camp this is why we do these things um, so we can build that trust and I think that as that trust continues to grow we have stronger relationships on the team player to player player to coach coach to coach um, it's going to show on the field Nate Costa, a heck of a soundbite. And, of course, quarterback play was down last year. As you see, Brendan Lewis will have a feature with the Colorado transfer coming up next week on NSN Tonight. But Nate saying that his room would stack up against anyone in the Mountain West. Well, the Mountain West quarterback rooms are not overly strong. You have Chevin Cordero at San Jose State. So I think uh, we'll see if they can live up to that expectation. I think the exciting thing about Brendan Lewis, the best quarterbacks in college football nowadays, they're mobile. And he's mobile. That's not something Nevada's had the last couple of years, mm -hmm. as good as Carson Strong was as a quarterback. So I think that's the exciting thing, is he'll be able to make some plays with his leg, extend plays. And I think uh, he might become one of the better quarterbacks in the Mountain West as a result. We'll have to see what happens again more with Brendan coming up next week on NSN Tonight. As for tonight's installment, we're going to keep up with our Wolfpack Fall Camp coverage. On the other side of this break, on the other side of the ball is a local product, Malcolm McClure. And we're catching up with him next.
Welcome back to NSN tonight as we continue our coverage of Wolfpack football's fall camp. Going back to a conversation from earlier this week out at practice, here is Chris Murray and myself catching up with the local product, linebacker Malcolm McClure. Malcolm, thanks so much for the time. We're about a week into fall camp. Tell us how it's been out at Wolfpack Park. Uh, it's been pretty great. You know, uh, it's been the fall. The weather's great. Uh, practice has been really going well, and I'm just glad to be out here. This is your first year here at Nevada, but obviously very familiar with the area. After beginning your uh, college career at Cal, you did play at Bishop Minogue at the high school level. So I guess what's it been like coming back to yeah. northern Nevada and the Reno area? Uh, honestly, I couldn't be more grateful to be in the uh, northern Nevada area. You know, this is, a, this is a home here for me. I went to high school here. It was all four years here. And, uh, you know, I went to California. It wasn't really my vibe, so <laughs> came back to Reno just to have a good time here. Of course, came back alongside your pops, Nevada's offensive line coach, Angus yep. McClure. Um, obviously a package deal, but yes, what sir. is it like to have your pops on the field? Of course, you're playing on the other side of the ball. Uh, it's honestly pretty awesome. You know, it's always been a dream of mine to play for my dad, but it's also pretty cool to play against him, too, because, you know, he coached on the offense line, and uh, they're coming after the linebacker, so I get to talk with him every day and talk, tell him how bad his uh, all-line are doing. But uh, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty special to be a – be a part of this. I mean, your dad's been an assistant coach for three plus decades. So I guess what was it like growing up with your father being uh, such a high profile assistant coach in the Pac-12 and other places and just, you know, kind of being in a football family from the start? Uh, it's, it's honestly been perfect for me. Uh, I, uh, growing up, he was coaching mostly D-line, so that transitioned well for me for defense. Uh, I was able to go and just see all the great athletes that came out of UCLA. That's mostly where he was coaching when I was growing up. But uh, I mean, from the start, I knew what fall camp was, like going down to San Bernardino every year. I'd be able to go to fall camp with him. And so I was just like, felt like it was year to year's experience. It was just preparing me for uh, myself to be in college football. And so you touched on it being back here in northern Nevada where you spent your high school years and more. What does it mean to be wearing silver and blue? And just tell us about the momentum around the program right now. Uh, you know, the momentum's going crazy right now. We just got some new facilities. Um, uh, it's special for me to be in silver and blue because, you know, my brother played here for uh, around three and a half years. So able to follow in his footsteps, my dad being here, it's, it really feels like a home for me here. I got a cousin coaching here, too, so it really feels just a family around the uh, facilities. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your brother, Amish. He was a quarterback here. He uh, been playing overseas in Europe some football. So I guess what's that been like watching him live out his dream and what kind of standard did he set for you as you tried to become a college football player? Uh, it's been pretty special for him to be over there, over the over the pond, as we say. But uh, you know, he went to he went to Bristol for a little bit. He went over there and won a championship. Then he uh, he went over to Sweden. Uh, they went to the championship, but unfortunately, he didn't win there. But uh, you know, he's been winning, and it, uh, if he's winning, so part of the family needs to win here. So mm -hmm. hopefully, we get that done this year. What a journey! Uh, let's go back to your time at Bishop Minogue. What did it mean to play for the Miners, and how did it prep you for what you're doing now? Uh, it's been, it's been pretty cool. I mean, I was able to see all the Nevada games being at Bishop Minogue, so I was able to visit. And, uh, you know, as soon as I came back here, I hit up all my old high school coaches. And uh, it's been pretty cool. Like, I've been to get to see them. They come to practice sometimes. But it really feels like the Bishop Minogue to uh, Nevada transit's going on because we, I think we got more than five or six guys from Bishop Minogue coming in and playing on the team. So it really feels like it's all coming together. One of those guys, Logan Howran, he's a true freshman quarterback. Obviously, his dad, Ernie, was your coach with yep. the Miners. Obviously, Ernie Howran, a big name in this area, 10 regional championships. He's done a lot to get players to the next level. I guess, what's the biggest thing you took uh, from Ernie and just playing for that program from him specifically? 
Um, I, th I would say the biggest thing is uh, just doing your job. I mean, that's a that's a standard we set here every day. We're talking about doing our job, and he really made it seem like, you know, in the big picture, it's all about the little details. And you know, every, there's 11 players on the field. You do your 111th, and that's really the biggest part that I took from him. You mentioned trying to stack some W's in silver and blue. Of course, you were not on the roster last year, but what gives you yeah. confidence that this team is ready to kind of flip the script and stack some wins? Um, so what, what I've heard, I mean, we have a new, obviously, great offensive line coach that just came in. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of new uh, transfers coming in. We got, I think we got four or five guys from Cal, specifically where I was from. But we got a lot of Power 5 guys coming in, uh, just like talking to the other players. The attitude has just completely changed. You know, tempo's going up. Uh, attitudes, just being more aggressive on the defense side of the ball, and uh, it's, I feel like we really got a chance to flip the script this year. You played both ways in high school, all league, as a linebacker and a tight end. Going to be a linebacker here at Nevada, I guess. Walk us through your position group and maybe what some of your hopes are or expectations for you personally entering this 2023 season. Uh, we got at our position group. We got a lot of guys uh, coming back. We got. A, I'm pretty sure Drew was a freshman All-American at Mike Backer, which I'm playing too. And we got Jackson Ledoux from Spanish Springs coming back from Oregon. So uh, this year I'm probably taking more of a learning role, but I'm really excited to get on the special teams. You know, just learn from those two guys that are ahead of me because you know they've been, they've been doing great. Jackson did well at Oregon. Obviously Drew did great, uh, great here. So I'm just happy to be under some uh, veterans and you, learn from them. You mentioned the vibe at Cal maybe not quite up your alley. So what is it about Northern Nevada that you feel like kind of fits your personality and, and makes you feel at home? Uh, Northern Nevada is just like, it's really just a home to me. Berkeley, it felt like, you know, walking through the streets, it's just like, it was just wasn't, didn't really feel right, you know. Going to school there, there's too much going on. In Northern Nevada, it's really just like, come here, play my football, do my academics, go home, go sleep, go eat, go work out. And it's like, Berkeley has too many distractions where here I get to really focus in on what's important in my life. With that said, outside of playing football and having family and friends nearby what did you miss the most about northern nevada living malcolm and what are you excited to have back in your life uh honestly lake tahoe was a pretty big part of me uh this summer so uh we had a, we had a place up in king's beach so uh, when i was living in berkeley all summer i came up a couple weekends but i was able to go there honestly every other day here in the summer going up there driving up mount rose and just going to the lake and hanging out with all my family and friends got a bunch of family up there had some has some uh, Wolfpack members up there, so it was awesome to be by the lake. And the golf courses here are pretty good, too, so <laughs> I was able to play a lot of golf this summer, too. Tahoe and golf, I think those are the correct <laughs> answers. Good stuff, Malcolm. Anything you want to add oh, to yeah. the people before we let you go here on NSN tonight? Uh, go Pack. Great to have Malcolm back in town representing Bishop Minogue and now the Silver and Blue. Coming up next here on NSN Tonight, it's time for our Circa Best Bets segment. Mike Palm joins us from Circa down in Las Vegas right after this. This segment sponsored by Circa Sports. Welcome back to NSN Tonight. We are hanging out in the Legends Bay Lounge powered by Circa Sports. And it is Thursday, so you know it's time for another installment of Circa Best Bets. As we head down to Las Vegas, Mike Palm joins us once again from the Circa Sportsbook. Mike, less than a week ago, a week ago though, we had you in our neck of the woods. How was that trip to Northern Nevada? That was a nice trip there to Spark. Uh, Legends Bay looked great. The casino looked like it did a year ago when we were up there on opening night. It's, it's so clean. Um, had a nice uh, interactions with some fans that came in from the area. A few fans drove in from California for it. 
we did 35 uh, contest signups on Friday, and then some of our crew stayed behind Saturday. They did 11 more, so a nice solid weekend there, uh, just short of 50 contest signups. Um, uh, we had fun. We did a, a, the show with Alex and uh, your show, and then uh, Sean King and Tim Murray did their show as well. So I thought it added some energy to the casino. It was good to get up there again. We got to do it more than uh, once a year. Let's transition to NFL preseason. So we got the uh, Raiders hosting the 49ers Sunday down there at Allegiant Stadium. Our Shannon Kelly will be there. I see the Niners as a four-point favorite. What is the interest in NFL preseason betting, and do you have any kind of tips on maybe to find some value there? Well, typically, you know, there's big line moves because it doesn't take much action to move the line. Obviously, we're not taking huge limits, but more bets come in on totals as a percentage of the whole on preseason games than on regular season games. And there's been a pretty steady rule of thumb in the last 15 years. The total's 37 or higher, it's going to go over, which hits about 58% of the time. And if it's 36 and a half or lower, um, it's going to go under, which hits a little over 60%. So people try to handicap totals. There's some interest people, you know, they're ready for football to come back uh, to see their teams. I know it's an abbreviated preseason, which is probably a good thing. We, we don't do a ton of handle. But we do more handle on preseason NFL games than we do like on any of the Women's World Cup put together or some of the, the smaller leagues that we do. So people are happy to have football back. They won't be complaining about the play. You're going to get to see some of the kids that were drafted in action. A lot of it's concentrated on the second halves when you see these third string guys competing for jobs. And it can be interesting halftime betting opportunities in these games. Yeah, that live betting can be pretty lucrative. Let's stick on the NFL for a second. Do you feel like now is a good time to get some Super Bowl futures bets in? I know at uh, Circus Sportsbook, which, of course, you could download the app and bet anywhere in Nevada. We have the Chiefs, uh, the favorite in the AFC. I think the 49ers are the favorite in the NFC. Is now the time to jump on them, or do you maybe want to make sure we get through training camp and everybody's healthy? I don't know what the favorites at these prices. I, I don't know that they're going to be a lot less than they come playoff time. I think if you're looking at teams in the 12-1 to 1 and up range, Now's a good time to get them. In my mind right now, I, I think there's really only five teams that I think have a good chance to win it. I, I would say only the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC. I'm not sure who the third team is. I'm not sold on Dallas. Maybe it's Seattle. And then in the AFC, I'm down on the East. I just think Tua's last hit, next hit could be his last. And I think the Buffalo window's closing. I like, I like Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Baltimore as the teams uh, that have a shot to win. My next team is going to be who my best bet is going to be because I think they're a 10 or 11 win team. The Cleveland Browns win total, the best bet for this week. Look in the market. At nine and a half, you can lay to win 10 or more games. You're going to lay about $1.20. You can also find them at a total of 10. So that means they need to win 11 or more. If they won 10, it's a push. I saw plus 155 on the Browns over 10 wins. I think Watson has to be better. They're one of the top three or four offensive lines. They've added at the receiving core. They've got a ton of first-round picks in the defensive backfield. I, I don't think there's any excuses. I know the division's tough, and Pittsburgh never has a losing record under Tomlin, but I think this team's good enough. There's no excuse for them not to win 10 games. I tell you what, the Browns is Mike's best bet to win double-digit games. That's pretty dang bold, though. <laughs> Anything else you want to add from down in Las Vegas before we let you go, Mike? Just an update on the counts. We're up to 2,524 survivors as of 30 minutes ago, 1,382 in the millions. Some of our analysts there in the, in the statisticians in the, uh, the war room uh, at Circus Sports are saying they think we're going to get over 10,000 survivor entries oh this goodness. year.
We'd love to hear it as that only continues to grow. And of course, still time to sign up. Make sure to download the Circa Sports app. He is Mike Palm down at the Circa Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Thanks as always for the time, sir. Thank you, Mike. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap a bow on this Thursday installment of NSN Tonight. Previews continue as we're counting down the days to kick off in northern Nevada. Taking a look now at the McQueen Lancers, led by second-year head coach Matt Marner. The Lancers finished seventh in the nine-team 5A division last year, but will try to bounce back this season after reaching the state title game in 2021. The Lancers have a junior-heavy roster with about 15 to 20 seniors this year, including Trey Legrone, who could fill a number of roles on the McQueen field. What excites me most about this group is how close they are to this point. We've, we've had uh, a lot of team building activities we've done to build camaraderie and trust and rapport and communication, all those things. And I think we're taking big steps towards having these guys care about each other. Um, I I've told them before, they don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you have to care about your teammate because we're, we're playing the ultimate team sport with a, with a common goal in mind. What did you learn from some of the older guys before you? Um, not even just as much uh, like actual football stuff but just how to be a leader and how to go like about your approach um, my sophomore year when I when I got pulled up to varsity um, those seniors got after it so it's just not even just words or anything just looking to see how they get after it, how they work our potential depends on this summer so far we've been working really hard and putting in that work to get us better in the north so we want we want to bring that tradition of winning back up to the north McQueen begins the season with four home games, starting with hosting Grant High from Sacramento on August 18th. Our high school football preview special countdown to kickoff will also air on August 18th on Nevada Sportsnet at 5 and 11 o'clock. Shannon, thanks so much. And at halftime of that opening game, we just learned McQueen's going to have a Hall of Fame class. Yeah, 19 people, two-time Super Bowl winners, uh, Kyle Van Noy, three Legrone brothers, the Stallworth siblings, so a very big class, including five members. 2008 state championship football team the last time the North won a state championship in the large class. It has been a little while, but that is going to change this year with realignment, <laughs> which of course we cover in our countdown to kickoff special. That's it for a Thursday installment of NSN Tonight. He's Chris. I'm Mike. We're back here tomorrow.